Good evening and welcome. You're watching The Big Fight, a show that is not 24 years old but young at 24, the oldest running debate show on Indian news television. I'm Sanket Upadhyay. A very disturbing situation as far as the Israel-Gaza conflict. It is far from any resolution. We see a very strong military offensive from Israel in response to an attack by Hamas from Gazan soil and unfortunately it's the people who are the collateral whether it was the victims of the attack from Hamas or the victims of this retaliation from Israel you can see these are some images from uh, different parts of Gaza where Gazans are suffering and then of course last week you had uh, an attack on a hospital where there were claims that more than 500 people have died and a bit of a blame game between Israel and uh, and the Palestinians on who did it but while all of this is happening is peace being given a chance and what is being done about it so you see a number of countries are now speaking and we see a very interesting realignment in the world number 1 the position of Israel which everybody knows now they want to you know as many analysts say finish this off doesn't work that way does it then you've got the united states which has its task cut out very very difficult act where they have to be seen as supporting israel but at the same time now sympathetic towards the humanitarian crisis in gaza as a result of this offensive now there was a trip by joe biden but many analysts feel that it did not deliver as much as it promised so in that sense has joe biden's trip failed to deliver the west scrambling in its response in this crisis while all of that is happening the arab world which had kind of according to analysts given up on the palestinian cause seems to be united once again and then there are countries like russia and china who are also uniting and presenting themselves as some sort of a peace access power so you see around the israel gaza conflict the world is realigning and while all of this is happening where does india find itself what can india do how much hope should one have from the indian position So on the big fight tonight Israel Palestine war realignment where is India in this changed realigned world order let's quickly kick start our discussion right here uh, first of all guests who are joining us uh, via satellite link uh, ambassador prabhu dayal former ambassador while awad is a senior international independent journalist and political analyst tara katha former national security uh, council secretariat Uh, Dr Kinvaraj Jangir currently visiting faculty at the Ben Gurion University in Israel and director Center for Israel Studies at the OP Jindal Global University in the studio I have with me uh, Mr Sayed Ruman Hashmi Middle East expert and a senior journalist thank you very much for joining us uh, Professor Anuradha uh, Chenoy former dean at the School of International Studies at the Jawaharlal Nehru University thank you ma'am for joining us and Mr Kamaraga um, foreign affairs expert thank you very much We begin the show with what we call is the first punch where each of you get 1 minute of time for your opening comments. Let's begin with commentary from the studio. Kamaraga, your time starts now. <coughs> Sanket, the situation is very bad. Lot of people are dying. Death and destructions taking place. Time has come, you know, that uh, international community should intervene and get it stopped, you know. Some ceasefire is needed. Immediate ceasefire is needed. otherwise you know uh, things will go out of control it's already getting out of control it's not that i mean they can kill any number of people it's not you know you cannot expel 23 million 23 lakh people from this gaza strip you know because the israeli plan is to expel them from that area demolish the entire area enter into the territory and then eradicate hamas hamas you cannot eradicate hamas hamas you can kill these leaders you can kill these commanders but you cannot kill the ideology which they promote 
that is the problem with the with the uh, you know number of time israelis have killed hamas leaders number of time they they have demolished uh, houses over there but again you know we have seen you know young leaders emerged uh, new leaders have taken over the charge they will become more d- radical sure. so this is what happening the cycle of violence is continuing it has okay. to be end and the end that the only solution is two state solution mm. international community believes in it you yeah. know the america is also committed to it okay. europe western europe is also committed mm. to it mm. uh, india is also committed to yeah. it yeah. so i suppose you know uh, so through global intervention a solution global. on the two nation two nation okay fine professor chima I think first I want to make clear to our viewers and mm-hmm. to everyone what Israel is and what it stands for and what <laughs> we are facing with Israel. Number 1 it is a colonial settler state. Mm. We in all the global south we got rid of colonialism and had our dignity and freedom but in Israel this continues. The colonialists I'm not saying that they don't have a right to be there. They do. It was agreed. But the policies that they have are Uh, of increasing their settlements of removing palestinians people from their lands and homes even till today and ghettoizing them number 2 it's an apartheid state meaning institutionalized based on race if you are a jew you have more rights if you are a palestinian you have less the rights are not there pa- jews rights are privileged whether it's legal whether it is positions in universities jobs whether it's uh, cultural or anything they are wiping out the palestinian people systematically mm. and it's a systematic apartheid state south africa was an apartheid state india and many countries stood with it they got rid of apartheid but if south africa today says the apartheid position there was easier than it is in israel today it's much worse mm. number 3 the settlements increase every every week and then our palestinian people are walled in there are illegal killings there's torture they have been using them as human shields they are put on tanks therefore i mean there's complete evidence and what i'm saying is based on all un human rights and other human sure. rights records yeah so to support israel in this way is an act of hypocrisy which the west is doing which talks so much about human rights and no one should believe them on human rights until they recognize this they've yeah. been turning a blind eye towards yeah. this mm. okay. hamas is there is a creation mm. of israel uh, of netanyahu yeah. and uh, israel mm. so you know uh, we condemn terrorism we don't sure. like their methods but we must not decontextualize we must recognize that this is a reality of the palestinian okay. people okay uh, mr hashmi see uh israel uh, as a sistinai said that is a apartheid state and it is indeed a apartheid state israel government uh, one protest on another hell bent upon killing the palestinian people putting them behind the jail you know that israel is the single country in the world where five years child the palestinian child their trial are conducted in the military court have you ever heard it more than 10000 Palestinians they are behind the jail more than 5000 without any reason without any trial they are languishing in jail for years when in gaza they bombarded the hospital now denying even uh, he uh, mr mr netanyahu uh, they believed they make them believe the european and the joe biden also they had come that it was bombarded by the uh, by default of uh, islamic jihad but uh, Naf- Naf- naftali uh, hanain naftali the, who looks after the digital media of prime minister netanyahu he posted immediately declaring that israeli army hit the target on the hospital eliminating uh, many hamas uh, militants or ter- terrorists mm. and later on uh, they deleted the post so it indicates that they are uh, in practice and they are executing sure. their military uh, doctrine which is known as the dahiya doctrine which they had uh, executed during 2006 uh, in uh, in lebanon attack against hezbollah hmm. the dahiya doctrine doctrine says that every each and every moving uh, things elements 
must be considered as the uh, militant or the or the terrorist and okay. the infrastructure. I, I'm going to come back to you so that we can accommodate all the opening comments uh, of one minute each. I'll come back to you and then you can complete your thought later. Ambassador Prabhudaya, your opening comments. Well, uh, what I'm going to say may sound easier than it will actually turn out to be. In the short term, we have to get both sides to stop the fighting. Both Israel and Hamas have to stop firing these rockets and causing so much of damage. Secondly, we have to somehow make sure that the Palestinians who are living in hell, their condition should be eased and relief supplies should be rushed to them. And thirdly, we have to make sure that the war does not spread to neighboring countries. We have to contain this war. Now, as I said, this may sound easier than it actually will prove to be in a reality. But without the war stopping, without the sufferings of the Palestinians being addressed, without the war being allowed to spread, hmm. this situation will only worsen. Yeah. Now, the other panelists have very correctly pointed out that there is a need to address this broader question mm. of providing statehood to Palestine, of giving them a homeland in that sense. Yeah. Because at the moment, they are living in a terrible situation. Mm. So I differentiate between the short-term objectives and the long-term objectives. Long objectives. Both yeah. have to be addressed. Okay. Tara Katha. Yeah, I'm going to differ slightly because I come from a background of counterterrorism, right? So Hamas is a terrorist organization. Let's not make any, any bones about that. They have time and again used civilians to get their point across. I remember 2018 when they brought in 40,000 people to the border, you know, trying to push them in, knowing fully well that the Israelis would fire and then created that into an international situation. So this time they have killed Israelis. And as a country, that is an act of terror. Now, stepping away from that, what you see now, I don't see it as a counter-terrorism operation. This is war. And this is, I think, the fourth war. I stand to be corrected if I'm wrong. I, You can't have a war. You can have a counter-terrorism operation. And that is possible because the Israelis have superb intelligence. So this, this, this question which I see it is, how do you deal with Hamas and how do you then get a solution? That is where we need to find. Otherwise, the I would say the whole international relations is going to see a flux, you know. Sure. I'm going to stop there. Okay. Yes. Uh, Mr. Wailawad, your opening comments. Sir. Thank you. Uh, I think what I echo whatever I have been hearing till now, what I would like to add that the uh, project of creating Israel in the heart of Palestine was carried out 100 years ago. And for the last 75 years after the division of Palestine, we have lived on the weapon of mass deception that we continue to believe that Israel is the victim and the Arabs are does not want peace. And that's why they have been annihilating Palestine, denying them right of existence, uh, confiscating their houses, expanding their uh, territories by occupying more territories and building settling, uh, uh, settle, settlement that side. So therefore, this uh, continued till date. The fight is not between Israel and Hamas. The fight is, was uh, between ha Israel and the Arab world. And over the years, it has been reduced to Israel and Hamas. That is why to give you now the weapon of mass destruction carried out in Gaza to justify the project. Because the war on Gaza unilaterally declared is nothing but a continuation of the old policy of annexing the whole of Palestine. Okay. Uh, Dr. Kinwaraj Jangir. Your comments, sir. Thank you. I think if I if I take what what the what the last speaker said that it was once upon a time Arab-Israel conflict, I think which was completely futile from the point of view of the Palestinian people. I think Yasser Arafat put this conflict as a Palestinian self-determination and anti-colonialist struggle, which did get international recognition in late uh, 1980s, and then there was a Oslo peace process. I think what the Yasser Arafat tried, the gun and the ammunition, did succeed that he was given uh, from a revolutionary and part 
militant recognition as a as a leader and a national leader of the Palestinian national movement. Unfortunately, when he was agreeing to the two-state solution in principle and in practice in the 90s, Hamas rose to declare him a terrorist, a, a traitor and a weak old man who now cannot fight Israel with gun. I think Hamas has done a tremendous damage to the Palestinian nationalist struggle in the 90s because unlike Yasser Arafat, mm. Hamas brought religion into it and defined its goal as full liberation of the whole of Palestine mm. without recognizing the right of the Israeli state to exist. And it does call uh, this conflict to be a, a, a cause of the global Islam, which I think is a is a terrible loss of the legacy and the hard work and the lives lost by the PLO and Yasser Arafat himself. So I think we need to really separate Hamas from the larger international solidarity. I think that's that an important very well for the Palestinian people the, the, even today. The, yeah, that's an important point. I don't think there is anyone uh, on this panel who would not agree that what Hamas did was a uh, was a terrorist act. This was this was very much a, an act of terrorism. Yes, it, it, yes. it's very clear. Yes. In fact, Hamas, you know, okay. very proudly okay. announced. Yeah. But Hamas still has not to say this. I am watching for the last six seven days what what's being written in India. It's very interesting to blame Israel for the blockade and the siege on Gaza. But from the day one, Israelis said, written the 203 captives in order for us to end the blockade. Nobody, nobody talks about the 203 captives. And by the way, in that there is a Vivian Silver, a woman who for the last 20 years launched a movement in Israel called Women Wage Peace Largest peace movement by a woman organization that has equal number of women from the Palestinian society, sure. even from Gaza and West Bank. Yeah. She is a captive right now in Gaza. Okay. Okay. Uh, Mr. Kamar Agar, do you feel that whenever uh, you say that global intervention will bring in peace when you recognize these two nations uh, and that is how you come to a solution to this problem, this long standing problem, right? Number one, do you feel that only global intervention can fix this and it cannot be solved between the two, which has been quite tragic, its, its trajectory? No, no. The problem is, you know, Israel believes, you know, in the attempt of this government or even before, you know, hmm. to establish a greater Israel. Yeah. And this government have announced with great fanfare that they are going to annex the whole of West Bank. Hmm. They said this is a biblical land. And this is the land where their kings and prophets have ruled and they have the right to annex it. Not only that, but they have also said that we will also annex the local pop. I mean, the Arabs living there, the Palestinians living there also. Mm. So that is a matter of great concern. I mean, that created a big, uh, you know, uh, tension within the Palestinian society. Then they are saying that the... Uh, Jerusalem is an uh, united capital of Israel. We are not going to withdraw from there. Mm. Settlement activities, you know, the massive settlement activities are going on. Mm. Large number of new settlements they are going to build. They are also expanding the old settlements. So these are the problems, you know. So Israel is not willing to talk now. Israel is saying that we don't have partner in peace. Maybe, yes. They may not be having, you know. So need is, you know, to build pressure uh, you know, it's a problem, you know, the the most important role become the international community. When I talk of international community means the members of the Security Council, mm. these P5, particularly America and Western Europe, they are very important, you know, America is, a, you know, because Americans have very good relations with the, uh, with the, uh, Israel, with, with Israel, they can only, they are the ones, you know, who are supporting militarily, they are supporting economic aid is also going to, to, to Israel from uh, United States and other Western allies. So therefore, you know, it is incumbent on these powers to put pressure. First of all, you know, they should establish a ceasefire mm. between the both. Arabs should put pressure on yeah. uh, Hamas, you know, to seize the activities. Anything, these things can be negotiated. These things yeah. can be done, you know, mm. but there is no will. 
because uh, the President Biden has given free hand to uh, to Netanyahu, you know, mm-hmm. that you have the right to defend yourself. Fine, they have the right to defend. But they have also said, you know, that you have the right to go in, in fact, you know. Mm-hmm. That is a major problem, you know, what you to eradicate Hamas. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows Hamas cannot be eradicated. Correct. Uh, Professor, Professor Chinoy, do you feel that uh, uh, in that context, the response of the West uh, has kind of fumbled? Uh, over the past uh, two weeks, ever since the the war began. Uh, and uh, you've got the Arab world, which had kind of, uh, you know, given up on the Palestinian cause, uh, has united. And you've got, you know, a, a new axis, which is forming in uh, Russia and China, looking at this. And then, of course, I'll come to the larger question on um, sitting here in India, where this is also a topic of discussion, that where do we find ourselves in this in this mix. So one by one, first the West, then the Arab world. How would you respond? So before that, first I just want to say that everyone condemns, including me, everyone condemns the fact of the terrorist attack. But what has happened is Mm. that the West and some people are clutching onto it as a way to just, you know, collectively punish the entire Palestinian people. Mm. So now they deserve it. It's upon them. They've done this. This is their leadership. And therefore, you know, Israel has rights. Of course, Israel has rights to defend itself. But, look, I mean, see what they're doing now. Hostages. There could have been a hostage exchange. There have been hostage exchanges in every war. There's a way to do it. Uh, The Hamas must have said, we'll give this and they could give this. So those are other issues. Third, therefore, about the West. The West is standing just with... Israel on this issue. In all these meetings, only Biden has once said that, yes, there should be a two-state solution in his, uh, uh, when he spoke in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. But everyone knows that neither Israel nor the U.S., they have been combined in this oppression against the Palestine and repeatedly they have not stuck to their promises. Mm. And now the rest of the West is completely mm. behind uh, Biden on this. So the Arab countries and the rest, what we call the global majority, they have lost faith in what they are saying. Hmm. Even if they say, yes, we'll have a two-state solution, until it's signed and delivered, I don't think the Palestinians or the Arabs will really believe them. Hmm. Third, the Arab states, for the first time, there is some, you know, there's engagement between them. Hmm. Saudi Arabia and Iran, uh, you know, China mediated and, and there have been some engagement and they're all united on this one issue. On other mm. issues, they will still, you know, fall out. But at least they're saying that this now is a red line. There must be a, a Palestinian, uh, you know, kind of viable state for them. This division between West Bank and uh, Gaza uh, should stop. After all, there's no Hamas in uh, the West Bank. There's a Palestinian authority. Why are they being punished? Mm. 800 uh, West Bank people were abducted yesterday. You see, so these atrocities continue. Mm. And the Arab states now are pushing this uh, line because the Arab street is angry and their own legitimacy is at stake. Mm. From Turkey to Baghdad to everywhere. They're on the streets and they will not go back. And that is why there's more and more censorship in um, in the Gaza Strip and in Israel. There's no food being given, no water, no health. Hospitals are being bombed by whoever, but, mm. you know, 50 people are being mm. killed. So the curtain has been drawn so these atrocities can continue. Okay. And I think what Tara said, that this is a war. War meaning with one side which will have the para, you know, para slingers or, mm. or whatever. And the other side, which will have the latest State American the art machinery, machinery artillery, $10 yeah. billion dollars in aid and mm. for them $2 million dollars in humanitarian assistance, which mm. we hope will come. Mm. So it's a very unequal thing. And I think, I mean, uh, like India's position has been, we should stand on the side of Palestine and be good brokers in this. I'm I'm going to come to what India can do in just a bit, but let's first discuss uh, the West and, of course, the regrouping or uh, realignment of the Arab world. Tara Karta, would you like to uh, say something about this? 
First of all, do you think that the West response has fumbled? Not fumbled. I mean, this, this shift in policy occurred after President Trump. You remember the whole thing went towards Israel, saying that, you know, we are backing Israel, Jerusalem is the capital and so on and so forth. Now, in, in with protests across Europe, I think these they are going to have second thoughts. Nobody wants refugees. I mean, this is across Europe or the Middle East. Any, nobody wants these refugees coming into their countries. So the response... See, please remember, this attack occurred for what? Which all of us know. It occurred because there was a Middle East solution in the works. <coughs> that is why Hamas did this. Because if Israel and Saudi Arabia had come together and we were talking of the whole IMEC, you know, the route across and all that stuff. If that had happened, Palestine issue would have been forgotten by everybody. So this, why that is the timing for this. And it has succeeded very well. But that doesn't mean that either the West or the Arab state will change their own economic interests by a jot. Hmm. They are not going to change. They will manage this issue as much as they can. And which is why Israel knows relatively it has a free hand. Relatively speaking. Because mm. nobody, I mean the poor Palestinians, who who will give them shelter? Who is willing to stand up and say, okay, I'll fight for you? There's no, so there's no, it's not fumbling so much as trying to show that we care about everybody. But at the same time, we're not going to, you know, we're not getting into this. Mm. And that's cross. Okay. Wailawad, your view? On the West response and also uh, what what has forced, is it the misery of the people uh, or the Palestinians which has got the Arab world together or something else as being, as being suggested? Well, uh, let me just say that the, uh, what's happening in Gaza and currently has exposed the hypocrisy of the West. In fact, by giving full support for an Israel all-out all assault. I'm not saying that the uh, the two-state solution is not the best. That we have lived with the Jews for uh, years, for centuries together. We are cousins from the same, you know, we are from the same father, Abraham. So we do not have anything against each other. Until, until the West came with the... We seem to have lost that audio and video connection on uh, Wailabad. We'll go back to him. But uh, uh, would you like to weigh in... Uh, uh, let me try going across to uh, Dr. Jangir. Dr. Jangir, would you like to weigh in? And then Ambassador Prabhu there. I think only, only and specific. I'll come to India in just a moment. Only specifically the on the West and the Arab world. I do think that the West has least credibility when it comes to the Palestinians. Americans, even when they uh, worked the Oslo peace process in the 90s, gave up too much leverage to Benjamin Netanyahu, who came after the death of uh, Itzhak Rabin, to just derail the whole Oslo peace process. I think Benjamin Netanyahu has been too powerful leader Hmm. within the Israeli politics to really, really not commit to the peace process that once upon a time Israel paid uh, a price of its own prime minister for. So I think West doesn't have a credibility. Does it mean... Can any other player have credibility? I don't think so. I think we need to look at it from a very broad perspective. Conflict will be resolved when the two parties will exhaust all their anger, ideologies and and the stamina to fight and kill each other. I think we can be facilitators. And I, I Facilitators I, 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 in what? Anger? In No, facilitators to to you know, help them have peace, but they don't really right now. There are pockets in Israeli politics and there is Hamas among the Palestinian national movement who really look at this conflict in ideological, religious terms. But you see, that is only worse and it's not like peace was not given a chance in history. And if we take a brief detour and talk about history, uh, to whoever in whichever constituency, whether the Palestinians or Israelis, who tried to give peace a chance were either feared that they will be rejected or were bumped off or were killed, assassinated. I completely But right now, there is another problem, which I think Tara identified, is the role of Iran. 
I think Iran is playing a much bigger role by giving a lot of you know wrong encouragement to Hamas to keep on fighting with arms. I think the fight with arms is not going to win. Arafat did it and it cannot be now repeated with another outcome. Uh Mr. Hashmi so yeah. just taking from what Dr. Jangid is suggesting uh obviously uh, you know non-violence is not uh, Hamas's strategy. Yeah. It's clearly a uh, an organization uh, which armed is which is an armed organization which adopts militant means yeah. uh, which uh, commits an act of terrorism and that uh, is being met with uh, uh, an even stronger response it's from strong. Israel yes. unfortunately and we as we said at the very beginning uh, it's the, the people of Gaza are the collateral and by the way we have reported uh, a lot on this channel and shown that all Gazans don't support Hamas yes that's there right. are protests against yeah. Hamas also in Gaza. Yeah, general civilian. Most of them are gen- yeah. general civilians who are who have taken shelter in the hospitals, in the churches. You know, yesterday night, one Orthodox church destroyed, bombarded, and eight eight people died over there. So every civilian, so they are they are they are taking shelter. Where where what is the problem? Where they go? The the Rafah border is closed. They can't move to the West Bank. It is. A, it has become. This is Gaza Strip has become an open jail. The, mm. Israeli government told them that to shift towards uh, south, and that they move the then southern part of the Gaza. And to add to that, we have learned that uh, the uh, underground tunnel network yeah. in Gaza City is 500 kilometers long, by some ah, estimates. Yes. yes. Uh, the Delhi Metro Underground is 100 kilometers. Mm. So the underground network of the of the te- of the militants Hamas. of Hamas, Hamas is five times more than the Delhi Metro underground system. Ah, Israel is, is, is Israel claim that they are destroying the the channels, the underground tunnels, uh, which provide the shelter and 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 the, all the leadership are there and and the arms and the rocket and the whatsoever missiles they are stored over there. They are destroying. But in it, but see, so far uh, around four thousand people have died, right? Mm-hmm. And one thousand uh, more than one thousand are are the children. 1,000 are, are 1,400 something like women. So the male figure died around Palestinian in living in the Gaza. They are around 1,000. So let's say, presume that 500 militant died over there, and the 500, the general civilian. So who are dying? They no, have become Mr. the, Ashmi, just, just have become coming, the number. Yeah, yeah. Just quickly and, coming back to the West's ability to uh, bring peace in the region. And, and, and I, mean, I just want, I just want to know from you. Uh, is the West response uh, that of a facilitator in peace or are they uh, aggravating or doing both? See, uh, uh, Sankaji, the, the, the West has been programmed into believing that Israel on a just hmm. and, and, and uh, they are doing injustice, the, the demand of a free Palestine is unjust. As Mr. Jahagir also cited two times, the religion uh, uh, alignment of Hamas, you know, see what what uh, you will consider and, and what you will say about the re- religious uh, doctrine and the religious belief of the greater Israel, which uh, Netanyahu and the, and the Zionist, other Israeli, the insights, they, they, they seize uh, the greater Israel, getting the inspiration, by, by the getting way, the whatever, inspiration of the biblical. By biblical. the way, Mr. Kamaraga, whatever biblical. Mr. Netanyahu is doing, it's not that he's a very popular man in Israel. No, latest, no, no latest survey no, suggests no, no, that more, no, post no, this war no, also, no, 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 but he 66% is very, people don't yes, like yes. him. But, but he is very intelligent. He has now formed a, un, a unity government. So mm. the war will continue because everybody he wants... Is from, he is saving himself from yeah. corruption and the, sure. and the bribery which is in the court, the okay. issues are... Yeah. No, the the the, the uh, unity government is there at the moment, you know. But most of the people in Israel, they are not in favor of Palestine. Uh, of course, uh, they, they were fighting for their own rights. They were opposing Netanyahu, but they were not uh, promoting democratic rights in uh, for the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. That is also a problem there. Second thing, Hamas is not liked by the Arabs. Saudi Arabia has big problem with Hamas, you know, because Hamas belongs to Ikhwani Muslimin. Yeah, that is yeah. a, a different sect, you know, which is opposed to basically Saudi Arabia, uh, the Wahhabi setup, you know, which is there in Saudi Arabia. And uh, but now, you know, Hamas has united. It's it's irony, you know, the Hamas has after this, you know, this attack on Israel is a game changer, game changer in the sense when Israel re- responded. 
heavily with heavy hand on uh, on, on Gaza, Gaza, you know. Mm. So what has happened that the youth, everybody has come out on the street at the moment, at this mm. time, you know, after the uh, Friday prayer, you would see millions of people in but the Arab But that's sad, no? That, that it took a terrorist attack by Hamas to unite the Arab world it's, for yeah, the you know, Palestinian no, no, cause. that yeah. Israeli respond to that terrorist the response attack. To that. No, the but response then it, it began that. with the terror attack. It began mm-hmm. with the terror. At that time, you know, they were silent. Mm. When the response started coming, you know, then they come out. You know, they, the people came out after four or five days, not immediately. And secondly, you know, uh, everybody, Hamas is not popular even, as you mentioned, you know, among In the God. Palestinians themselves, mm. you know, they were losing credibility. The most important thing at the moment is ceasefire. Mm. Ceasefire is, a, but the problem is this is the election year. President uh, Biden is more interested in election than in solving the problem mm. in, Palis- uh, in Palestine or Israel, whatever you call it, you know. He came there also because of the mm. election compulsions. He wanted to show solidarity because the Jewish votes are, vo- vote are very important okay. in American election. They sure. are very powerful lobby. They are very moneyed people. They are big funder to yeah. both the po- political parties. So that is why, you know, that was one of the reasons for his... Uh, Okay, now I want to spend the next 10 minutes uh, talking about what India can do. You see, uh, uh, Dr. Jangir, initially, at least uh, politically or the political response or the domestic response here in this country, and Tara Kartha can also weigh in uh, in just a short moment, uh, was that uh, the country seems to be tilting in its uh, uh, inclination towards Israel, but our official position still remains. Do you feel that, uh, uh, Dr. Jangir, uh, there is something changed in India's foreign policy or are both these things correct? That we stand for the Palestinian cause also and at the same time we are cozying up to Israel as well. And what role can we or should we play? I think India's stand is is serving both of its uh, objectives. Mm. I think there is no contradiction in what India is doing. It can actually be both uh, at the same time. However, there is a limit to what India can do more. I think uh, what Ambassador Kamal Aga mentioned, Iran and the ideological alignment of the religious fanatics is a very critical background to this. And India, unfortunately, has no goodwill even with Iran these days. Our relationship with Iran has gone really down because of the kind of positions that India has taken on the Iranian nuclear program in the light of American uh, and Indian friendship. So I think if a country doesn't have any leverage with Iran, then you cannot really de-escalate the conflict. Hamas will de-escalate if the two players from the Middle East will tell Hamas to do it. Qatar and Iran. They are the financiers, they are the providers of arms to Hamas, and they are the only players that can tell Hamas to de-escalate and release the hostages. The second thing that can uh, also be... And how is our equation? You spoke about our equation with Iran. What about uh, Qatar? With Qatar, see, Qatar plays everybody very smartly. I don't really think with Qatar we have a leverage than just the give and take around the commodities and oil. India doesn't have any kind of a deterrence or a leverage to do. I think Kamal Aga mentioned, and you mentioned that by, you know, when Biden came, he went back with little in his hands. I disagree with that. I think there are two big takeaways. He stopped Israel from getting into Gaza. Israeli army has been prepared six days, seven days ago, and they have not entered into Gaza because there is a clear instruction, no ground operation at the cost of the human life. Second, He cautioned Israelis not to get mad the way Americans got mad after 9-11. He actually said, after the rage of 9-11, we got a bit mad and we took wrong decisions. Mm. I hope you don't make the same mistake. The second thing I think he achieved from the day one from America is that he sent American fighting force to the Mediterranean because he knew that Iran and Hezbollah Mm. will really get into this conflict. Mm. And he does it and he cannot afford a, a bigger conflict than what it is right now. So I think his stopping Iran is only his stopping. Otherwise, Iran will really not be debted by any other 
you know actor right now in the middle east sure uh, mr wailawad what do you expect from india well let me just continue my because we break the voice what i was saying that yeah. this is a hypocrisy of the west mm. it is a shame on the international community that they have started this problem 80 75 years ago and they are not able to solve it secondly if you want to talk about india i think india is in a better position because india is not a colonial society india is a civilized india belongs 10000 history behind it and if we are following what mahatma gandhi we have to uh, follow what we breach if palestine belong to the palestinian as england belong to the british as france belong to the french so therefore we are not saying we wanted to wipe out israel we are accepting a two state solution this is one and the second part if i have to follow guru nanak ji steps that we are all human before we say what religion we are following either sikh or a hindu or a jew or a muslim or a christian Let, let us stop this carnage it is the mother of all carnage on the hands of the palestinian you cannot kill the palestinian of 23 lakh inside gaza concentration camp because there is a 12000 hamas fighters inside it's not one hamas fighter killing is equal to 20000 palestinian to be killed to achieve your goal the goal of this is, is not the new middle east order you are trying to create because condoleezza rice talked about it in 2006 and it was a silver uh, order because unless and until you address the issue of the palestinian you cannot solve it so india have a strong stakeholder in this region and can play a proactive role by stopping this war by bringing people onto the table and adhere to the international law adhere to un security council resolution and implement it end occupation end settlement and aggression against the palestinian that's not the question i interviewed arafat when netanyahu was first time a prime minister and i asked him three times what do you expect from netanyahu he left up his hand three times and he said nothing i asked mahmoud abbas the president of palestinian authority the same question 10 years later when arab when netanyahu came to power what did he say he said talk for talk we went to oslo agreement with them they were giving them five years in peer period it's not that the palestinian does not want peace it's not that the palestinian are wanted to kill the israelis no it is everybody want peace even hamas whom i am not happy with them whom i am not friendly with them because what they have done to uh, to my country as well but when it came to the reconciliation between hamas and and palestinian authority they said we are agreeing to 1967 border to have a two state solution but the division within hamas and the palestinian authority was widened because hamas we all know that they have given 60% of their equipment according to israeli sources from the jewish settlers so therefore let us talk human let us be human on this issue and i think india is a leader in the new world order in the new reshaping of the new world order to make sure that there should be an end for the violence an end for killing and let us live peacefully our life is very short and let us enjoy all yes uh, dr jangit before you come in because i know you have an extremely strong opinion on this i i, I have to bring in uh, tara kartha she's been waiting for a long time uh, tara kartha uh, my question is this do you necessarily see a change or a drift in india's foreign policy vis-a-vis -vis palestine and number 2 what do you think is the role that india can play in this changing world order it's i mean fortunately we couple of days later we came up again with that traditional palestinian position otherwise but i think by and large the first statement resonated across saying that we stand with israel that resonated across the middle east but the second statement which came a couple of days later yeah it clarifies our position right but here See, is the thing you know tara karta we spoke to a lot of representatives in the government and they said that the first response was a response to a terror attack yeah the second exactly. response was an official position as far as palestine is concerned so exactly. these are not two different things but a continuation of the same yeah Now that's what going. i was trying to come to saying mm -hmm. that we've suffered terrorism for years so this is for us is a very emotional thing it's an emotive thing when there's a terrorist attack and that too on such a horrific scale you know your thing is saying no terrorism sorry that is mm. it that's the bottom line and then however we also have the two state solution what should we do i agree with uh, professor jahangir that there's not a lot because there's the whole russia china together now you can see the two envoys were sitting together in qatar and you know talking about so that's one side and then you have the us and the others on the other so i we i should if we indeed 
have a cloud in the global south what we call that is the way to go we could get those people a bunch of brazil brazil in fact put up that uh, un resolution recently which got shot down by the by the uh, united states but you can get those countries on board and put up or perhaps talk about mediation talk of a ceasefire because the bottom line is this israel's victory will come only if it can allow the palestinian people to survive give them aid give them assistance a counter terrorism victory cannot happen like this hmm. by bombing they will hmm. make it worse and that is what hamas okay. wants okay ambassador uh, prabhu dayal sorry we lost your connection would you like to weigh in on what should be uh, the expectation from india and what india can do sankit when i was able to reenter the discussion i found that you said something which really hit the nail on the head i heard you saying that when prime minister modi said that india stands firmly with israel in this difficult hour he was only making a statement in the context of the hamas terrorist attack mm. unfortunately his statement was misunderstood by some quarters and an unnecessary debate started over india's official position on the israel palestine issue let me reiterate what prime minister modi said was in the context of the terrorist the terror attack, attack alone mm. india as you said unequivocally condemns terrorism but at the same time india stands alongside the palestinian people and prime minister statement did not mean that india's position on the palestinian issue changed let me also go back a little bit in time prime minister modi has been able to successfully do the tight rope walk which involves the relationship between india and palestine on one hand india and israel on the other it's a tight rope walk because very often we are misunderstood prime minister modi has tried to carefully balance india's relations with both israel and palestine let me mention that in 2017 he was the first ever indian prime minister who paid a visit to israel however next year itself he became the first ever indian prime minister who paid a visit to palestine so he has done everything possible now india has as i said to walk a walk a tight rope walk but we are doing it well we support palestine at the same time we want a close relationship which is mutually beneficial with israel as i said in my opening remarks the need of the r is to to end this fighting yes but ambassador ambassador dayal my question was one is india wants this to happen and the other is what does india do or can do to make this happen well what can india do hmm. india does not have the leverage with the hamas to release the hostages hmm. let me mention that as one panelist said there could have been a hostage exchange but you know what hamas did went much more uh, far than just taking hostages it killed a lot of israelis and in the context of the domestic political situation in israel netanyahu found himself in a situation where he had to go full guns blazing against hamas and frankly speaking a situation was created in israel where they didn't really care whether the palestinians were wiped yeah, out you know there is no sympathy for the palestinians in israel because hamas made the blunder of carrying out this terrorist attack i say blunder because hamas should have anticipated what a strong reaction there would be from the israelis mm. so in this present situation we have no leverage we can't stop the israelis from bombing palestine we can't stop, stop hamas. hamas from doing what it is doing mm-hmm. we can't get hamas to release the hostages so there's nothing we so really apart from reiterating our position uh, according to ambassador prabhu dayal we can't do much hamaraga wanted to no. come in and then uh, uh, dr jan no i just want to india can do something you know india can appeal issue an appeal india has a big voice you know 
within the Arab community, <coughs> Arab world as well as in America and everywhere, you know, the global community. Yeah. So I'm not saying that India should convene a meeting of these two political parties. No, there's no need to do. If India talks of peace, India talks of <coughs> ceasefire, you know, it would be taken very seriously. Yeah. Second thing, the most important person at the moment in Arab politics is the Crown Prince Saudi, uh, of Saudi Arabia. MBS. He is the key, you know, because he is uh, supporting the Palestinian cause. He is not supporting the Hamas, mind it, you know. Mm -hmm. He's supporting and he has very good relation and the entire Arab world at the moment, you know, they are behind him. Yeah, like most of them. He, yeah. he, most of them, you know, behind him. And he has good, uh, Im improved his relation with the Iran also okay. while continuing to negotiate with the Americans. So mm -hmm. he is the person, you know, he should be involved. Okay. Negotiation should be stopped. First, sure, first sure. thing is ceasefire. Uh -huh. and, and then, then negotiation. negotiation. Okay. Quick, la last one minute, please. Yes, yeah, so I think the West has very little credibility in yeah. this. Yeah. The Arab states and Palestine don't trust them. They talk of human rights, imposing it. And on the other hand, they are watching it every day. So the hypocrisy is very clear. So who, uh, who can be, who are the trusted people? It is India, Russia, China who have stood with this. So I'm not saying that they can be the only negotiators. You can't have a negotiation because the Israelis and the Russia West... And China, Russia and no, China will I'm have the credibility is, to no, end the war? No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying oh. the West and Israel is on one side. The Palestinians and the Arabs are mm. on the other side. Mm. But there are some states which have credibility with both. Okay. And India is amongst is, is, those is states okay. which... You know, can be part of a ring for immediate ceasefire sure. and other things. Do they Dr. Don't have Jangir's last word: Russia, China, no, no. India, as a possible power axis to balance things out on the West. I'm really, I, I don't think I will go into a speculation. I was raising my hand yeah. for the sake of Gandhi and his legacy, and I, as a as a follower of Gandhi's thought. I really want to uh, reply to something that while Awad said. So Gandhi's quote of 1938 is very famous. Palestine belongs to the Arabs. We often forget or maybe don't know enough that in 1946, in 1946, after the Holocaust, Gandhi said, Jews have a good cause. If Arabs have a claim, Jews have a prior claim. There's a very good book on this. And I think we need to really understand history as it was. Another point, India did not have diplomatic relations, but Nehru wrote letters to Ben-Gurion. Parliament members of Nehru and his own party traveled to Israel, carried back messages for Nehru. I think Nehru couldn't really have relations because of the Arab pressure. But I think we, we mistake that India stood much against the legacy and the and the history of Zionism. I don't think early Indian leaders. Tell you, tell you that. what, it's a, it's a very difficult situation for me to uh, look at solutions for a decade-long problem in a 50-minute uh, discussion. Well, thank you so much. We've attempted uh, so that you can have an informed opinion. That's all the time we have in this edition of the Big Fight. News continues on the other side. Stay.